Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And I am the N-A-T-E-B-A-R-A-N-O-W-S-K-I. <laughs> or Nate Baranowski. <laughs> Man, now you made me want to do that. It's kind of hard to do it with a W. <laughs> but anyway, this week we reviewed the 2020 musical made into film Hamilton by Lin-Manuel Miranda. We discuss the many tracks of this operatic piece. We geek out over all the musical aspects of this show. We basically just love on this. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We gush over all 20,000 plus words of this musical. We discuss our favorite characters. The return of our top five. All this and more at Movies on the Side. Nate Baranowski, this week... Stephen Robles. That's your <laughs> name, and my name yeah. is Nate Baranowski. That's right. This week, we reviewed the critically acclaimed, like, worldwide smash hit, the musical movie, Hamilton. Nate, our listeners know, if you have listened to Mots for any amount of time, you know that Nate and I love musicals. Right. We do. We both have histories with musicals. We enjoy musicals. This is a musical for the ages. Hamilton, that is airing on Disney Plus right now, is a recording of the Broadway musical, and it was made in 2016 with the original Broadway cast. So you go on Disney Plus, you could watch it. The recording of this Hamilton that you are watching is part a matinee performance where they get the wide shots and they get a real audience reaction. Right. And then the Monday and Tuesday after that matinee show, they filmed... Close-ups, on stage. Yeah, they filled the theater with all sorts of cameras and basically filled in the rest of it. So it's three days worth of filming. Right. But, you know, everyone knows their lines, their roles. Uh, you don't have to do change much except how you want to film it. Right. I had not even listened to the soundtrack before seeing this because I didn't want to ruin it. I was hoping that I would see this live one day. It was going to be coming to the Strat <sighs> Center in Tampa in 2021. It would have been something. In 2021, I would have been able to see it. But uh, obviously with COVID, that has not happened. So I, I saw it uh, for the first time just the last two nights as, as we're watching. But you actually had the opportunity to see it live in Chicago. I did. It was not the original cast. No, right? no. So it's the Chicago cast because, it, you know, it was in Chicago probably for two and a half, three years, maybe even more. Okay. But super hard to get tickets. Right. There's actually, there was a Hamilton lottery that you could every day, you could put your name in. And if you won the lottery, you could pay 20 bucks for you and another person to go to see it. I did not win the Hamilton lottery, even though I know some people who did. <laughs> oh, nice. But what I did do is we were walking downtown Chicago, and we were like, wow, we're kind of near the theater. Let's just see what the prices are. And we went by and said, like, hey, bro, just out of, a, out of the blue, what would be like tonight's showing, this Wednesday night showing? And the guy's like, well, just so happy. I mean, it's starting, and you know, it's like four or five hours away. Um, but I do actually have a really good seat for like, I don't know, 170 bucks a ticket, which wow. compared to the rest of this is like cheap, $300 less. <laughs> right. Cause this, this musical is notoriously hyper expensive for Absolutely. years. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. This is not a you hope, you know, you get your $70 ticket. This no. is like you be ready to spend 300 or whatever per ticket. Right. And I mean, I, I don't know if I want to say it with good reason, but this won like 11 Tony Awards. Lin-Manuel Miranda, who wrote and performed as Alexander Hamilton in the original Broadway cast and then in, as this in the yes. filming, obviously, because that's, that is the original Broadway cast on the film in Disney+. Plus. He is an O away from being an E-got, Nate. Right. Yep. <laughs> he has an E, G, and a T, and this one got him a lot of T's. I'll just say that. Absolutely. But I just want to ask you, right here at the outset, and th- so then we can actually get to the musical, how did the live performance compare to the original Broadway cast filming that is on Disney Plus? <sighs> well, I hate to say this because you did not see it live, and you have only seen this. Yeah. But a live musical, in my opinion, is a magical experience. The emotions swell, the music gets appropriately loud, the crowd goes into thunderous applause, standing ovation at the end. Yeah. There's just nothing quite like it. Yeah. And although this is a great recording, I mean, it's not the same. It's not the same as seeing it in person. What this show has over when I saw it in Chicago is this has the original cast, and there is something really cool about seeing Lin-Manuel Miranda as Hamilton, and I would say, not to spoil too much, Leslie Odom Jr. as Aaron Burr. Yeah. The Aaron Burr we saw in Chicago could not hold a, a torch okay. to Leslie Le- Odom Jr. Uh, okay, so. okay. I will say, before we get to the Rotten Tomatoes and finally talk about the actual musical, the filming of Hamilton... I think is excellent. Like the production value of actually seeing this musical at home on a streaming service, even though it does not replace a live experience, like you can hear the audience applause and laughter right. as you're watching it. And I did feel like, man, I would have loved to have been there and laughing with the audience and all that. But it is an excellently produced musical on film. Like it, it, yes. it looks incredible. It sounds incredible. It really communicates well. And it's super enjoyable to watch even on the stream. Exactly. And one last word about Lin-Manuel Miranda. Because it's a movie now, quote unquote, on Disney Plus, there was talks that this might be in the running for the Oscars. But the Academy said, eh, it was actually a stage play and you yeah. just filmed it. So yeah. you don't get to do that because that would have made... Yeah, you don't get to double dip. <laughs> yeah, like that would have made Lin-Manuel Miranda probably like a shoe-in for an EGOT immediately. Right. But right. it is on Rotten Tomatoes because it's a film. And so the Rotten Tomatoes, do you have any idea, Nate? I would say I would put critics at 93. Critics are at 99. Yep. Critic score is 99. Audience score is yep. 91. Yep. I knew this musical was going to be very different from a actual music standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like I, I knew and I had heard that there was a lot of hip hop and rap and all that kind of stuff. And so I knew it was going to be different. I didn't realize it was going to be an operetta, meaning there's not really any spoken dialogue save for a few lines. Right. You know, it's, it is all sung and in the musical world, the recitative style. Nice. I actually, thank you. I actually got some vibes from Les Miserables in some of those recitatives, which was kind of nice. He had some, he had some inspiration from Les Mis. Okay. I listen. I got some back. I got some back stories for you. If you ever want to just jump it to me, I can. I can give you something. I do want to hear it. My so let's hear some of it now. As soon as I say, a the music is incredible. I loved it. B Lin Manuel Miranda is a genius, and the fact that he wrote 
I mean, you tell me the backstory, but he is credited as having written this musical. It is a triumph. Alexander Hamilton. That's called putting the cards away from the vest and out, <laughs> holding them out, is what Stephen just did. Yes, I did. Give me some of the backstory. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda read a book, a biography. Right. A 2004. Ron Chernow. So Lin-Manuel Miranda read this Hamilton biography, and I heard before that he sort of thought of Hamilton in a little bit of a a young rapper, this uh, kind of obsession with legacy, this like this need to prove himself, and that although he was a founding father, like that his story isn't known that well, but he saw some similarities between a young Hamilton kind of rising up and uh, having that chip on his shoulder to someone you know in the rap game, basically. Right. So there was a lot of tie in there. He had already done In the Heights at this point in time, which I believe mm-hmm. a movie is still being made. I think it was paused due to COVID stuff. His musical work, his influences, he was a huge, obviously, musical fan. Like He has a bunch of influences from other productions and callbacks to Pirates of Penzance in here and a bunch of other mm. uh, different areas, but also influenced by uh, the music he listened to growing up and all of these other like influences put together in a masterful way. I would say in this yeah. in this musical, I would say right now that the soundtrack of Hamilton, especially now that you've listened to it, mm-hmm. there are some pieces that some songs that I wake up to having stuck in my head (laughs) and wanting to listen to the actual recording. Are you Aaron Burr, sir? That depends. Who's asking? Oh, sure. Sir, I'm Alexander Hamilton. I'm at your service, sir. I have been looking for you. Whenever we have done a musical show in the past, I always like to sing random songs or, you know, we do a top five of our top favorite songs. The one thing I wish, there are a lot of lyrical songs in here, but not, like the catchiest ones are like, not giving away my shot like that song right that that don't sound great if you're just speaking them to yourself yeah exactly so i don't i'm gonna i mean i'm gonna be listening to the soundtrack for a while now and i'm sure i'll get some of the lyrical ones but there's also so many songs because it's an operetta like if you pull up the album on your phone right there's like 50 tracks from the whole thing but i'll just have to say like his writing and like i read a bunch of articles about adam hamilton like the historical figure during and after I finished <laughs> watching the musical, because I wanted to know like how much of this is. Did you say Adam Hamilton? Is that the brother of Alexander Hamilton? <sighs> I'm, I'm gonna have to cut that out. Well, no, what was his brother like? <laughs> Listen, Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> I read. See, I was up late reading these biographies, and that's why I, you were, I don't know his name. You were, but I read many articles about the historical figure, and it was incredible how much accuracy there is in the musical to telling his story even the opening number which you know because it's a rap many times and there's so many words it's hard to catch everything they're saying right you know and that's not that's not a knock on the the genre it's just the natural issue and like i was not about to watch this with captions because i was like there's no way no way (laughs) i'm gonna be able to read captions watch it but as i was listening to like just the opening song in my car on my drive right before we recorded they told 
Alexander Hamilton's entire like childhood and coming to America story in that opening song. Yep. And according to all the encyclopedia articles I read online, it was wholly accurate. And I was like, this is really cool. And I have a feeling, I don't know this for sure, maybe you know, but certain numbers during the musical, like George Washington's Farewell, I imagine is... Yeah, that's his actual words. The actual words, right. Everyone shall sit under their own vine and fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. They'll be safe in the nation we've made. It's so good. Like, that is also makes this even more incredible, knowing like it's actually pulling directly from history and blending these genres of music and making it fun and funny. Let's talk some more about the songs because, and we'll get into story here a little bit more, but just the straight musical numbers. Lin-Manuel Miranda does such a great job of bringing musical motifs Mm, and repeat them back to you in a profound way. For example, the look around, isn't this enough? Eliza sings that to him, and then later he sings that back to her. Each Skylar sister has their own musical motif in the way they say their name. Yes. So the guys... All of these like weave back and forth together. The whole lines are repeated impactfully throughout throughout the whole thing. Yes. There's just a lot of symmetry within the musical. And the more you listen to it, the more you hear these little motifs pop back out and go like, Oh yeah, that reminds me of, you know, when he was young and was dreaming of this right. dreaming of glory. And then later George Washington talks about the, you know, the issues of just dreaming of glory. I have to say this before I forget, but some of the little things he throws into the lyrics, like in the Dear Theodosia song, which is a song about Mm -hmm. his son, Alexander Hamilton's son, the part that keeps coming back, like the chorus is the, you're going to blow us away. And my goodness, like I didn't get it at the time, but as I was listening to the soundtrack this morning, I was like, what amazing foreshadowing and like not obvious to what happens to his son like that's it's just incredible writing and storytelling across all the songs we'll pass it on to you we'll give the world to you and you'll blow us all away there are lines in here he'll repeat homonyms like back and forth right like my eliza's expecting me and my eliza's expecting and like yeah yeah, just these really simple phrases it ends up really staying with me. I remember uh, there's a line Eliza sings in the Burn song where, do you know what Angelica said when she saw your first letter arrive? Uh, Be careful with this one. He'll do what it takes to survive. And then later it says, like, you have married an Icarus who's flown too close to the sun. And like, these beautiful poetic imagery is like, yes, it stays with me. Oh, yeah, it definitely does. I love the Icarus pull, too. But then the arranging, too, of these songs, like whenever there is a chorus number or the three sisters are singing together, like the harmonies oh, man. and just just the musicality of it is just so fun to listen to. And because he's doing these styles of like gospel and jazz and hip hop and rap, like it feels... <sighs> I don't know how to explain it, but like even other musicals that try to pull from these genres don't really move into those genres. Right. I think of amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat and how that kind right. of jumps styles, but it, it it does them 
in kind of a wink comedic way. Right. And while I would say like the introduction of Thomas Jefferson is probably the closest to like a breaking the fourth wall, winking at like, yeah, look at me kind of being like a performer. But all these other genres, it with a, like a serious face, it jumps in and says like, we're going to have you listen to a room where it happens like New Orleans uh, romp. And we're going to do it with a straight face and be like, and you're going to follow with, and you're never going <laughs> to, you're never going to even question why we like, we jump to a completely different style. I listened to some of the mixtape oh. for the soundtrack. You know, of all the musical genres, rap is not one of my favorites. I just don't, uh-huh. I'm not drawn to it. Hearing what these professional rappers do with the songs of Hamilton and how it sounds like a song that just came off the top 50 rap hip hop list. It is amazing. And like the words they're saying are these like American history phrases and information. And like, it's just fun. Right. Can we talk about some of the characters? Yep. Alexander Hamilton played by Lin-Manuel Miranda. And there's a million things I haven't done. Just you wait. Just you wait. Real Enneagram three. I was just I was gonna say that. And also after reading like several of his biographies, I feel like he did a great job portraying the person. And man, he can portray some emotion too. Like there's a couple moments in the the stream of Hamilton, the the film. He's straight up crying, I think, and it's it's very right. emotional. And man, the affair <laughs> that that goes on and that whole scandal, it's like Whoa. Yeah. That's intense. And I really feel for him and Liza's relationship and him and his son. And, you know, again, in that, in the song about his son, he says, my father left and I won't leave. I'll be here for you. And then proceeds to spend so much of his career writing and not even going with the family upstate on vacation. And also the love triangle with Liza and Angelica. Angelica and Lin-Manuel Miranda. Like, it's so good and engrossing like seeing him portray alexander hamilton was one of the things i definitely wanted to see when i I knew it was coming out on disney plus because on the soundtrack i mean you hear his voice i've been listening to the soundtrack for years and getting to see him do it it feels like well you have to at least see the original guy do it one time (laughs) sort of thing right probably how some people feel about like Yes, you gotta you gotta see so and so and Call of the Wild, or you gotta make sure you you at least see like the original Robert Redford performance in this piece, the original Jean Valjean. Exactly, that there's just something about it. He is incredible, and also <laughs> Aaron Burr. Oh man, played by Leslie Odom Jr. We're actually going to do a top five this episode, so I don't want to give too much away. But man, Leslie Odom Jr. killed it. Like, I was excited to see Lin-Manuel Miranda. But I honestly, I think Leslie Odom Jr., I mean, he won a Tony, I think, for Best Actor in a Musical. I can see why. Like, the kind of range that he has and the kind of things he makes you feel as the antagonist for much of the musical is great. And man, the guy can also sing. Oh my goodness. But his vocal range is amazing. I love when he introduces a character in the musical. As you see him brood more and more, 
over the course of the musical about yes. Alexander Hamilton. Like, I love that brooding. And I love this juxtaposition where he's like, don't stand too strong for anything because you need people to like you. And so you just wait for your turn. And then, the, you know, that juxtaposed with Alexander Hamilton's, like, he's totally outspoken about his belief. He stands super strong on them. And he is actually the one succeeding. And then the the one song I loved of his is when he's talking about how he wants to be in the room where the yes. decisions are made. Like, I felt that one. <laughs> that was really good. Very interesting character arc. It's great to see something where people actually have uh, character growth and change, unlike the last couple movies we've watched <laughs> here <laughs> right. on Mott's. But like, what's an interesting cross that they make is that Hamilton goes all out and kind of learns wisdom in life about there sometimes do have to kind of just take a walk and relax and not constantly be writing nonstop sort of thing. Right. And Burr starts sort of laid back like, hey, just like relax and take it easy. And he sees the way Hamilton lived at the beginning and they both kind of make a character X as one goes up and the other goes down across their lives because Burr is learning from old Hamilton while the new Hamilton is kind of mellowing out some. Right. Which, by the way, did you notice in the second act of this musical, Hamilton basically never raps again? Like, all of all the songs that he is involved in slow down and get a lot more melodic, where at the beginning he's just rapidly, rapidly singing. That is true, but he does rap in the cabinet addresses when he's debating. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. You're right. But yeah, you're right. It does slow down. I guess I was thinking more towards the end. Yeah. King George. <laughs> when he has such an entrance. This is Jonathan Groff, who also is the voice of Kristoff from Frozen. Yes, from Frozen. He has what three little interludes throughout this whole musical as King George. The crowd goes crazy whenever he enters the the stage. Yes. <laughs> the crowd goes crazy and he's he steals the moment. He does. He is an incredible, like, his face acting. Oh, yeah. Because they do these super close-ups on his face, and there's even, there's a scene in the first one where he, like, spits. <laughs> you see the spit Yes, it's just hanging out on his lips. But, like, I loved it. It was hilarious. The line where he's like, Comes to shove, I will send a fully armed battalion to remind you of my love. So hilarious. And then, like, once they win the, re once America wins the revolution, and then he talks about, like, good luck trying to govern yourselves. It's harder than it looks. Yes. It was, yeah, he was just so good. Yeah, it was a, he somehow works, like, if you had told me, like, kind of a goofy British joke of a King George was going to play opposite of a very serious pretty deep there are some like pretty dark things happening in hamilton and I, you were gonna ask like would that work tone wise i'd be like no way like that <laughs> but it's like actually a welcome reprieve and i don't mind going from like a battle where people are dying and duels to a guy just singing like a british love ballad it's, in a goofy way <laughs> it's so hilarious i also loved the the one through ten songs about the duels the ten was duel a duel commandments one. yep yes those were that was amazing 
Number one, the challenge demands satisfaction. If they apologize, no need for further action. Number two, if they don't grab a friend, that's your second. And how it relates back to the French lessons. Yes, yes, I loved that. Also, just as a point in history, how ridiculous was it that you would you could call a duel with someone and shoot at each other to settle a disagreement? Like right. That was not this is not some medieval dark ages thing. This was like a couple hundred no. years ago. But I think from what I have read in a little bit of my research is that there is a lot of we are going to duel and usually it doesn't involve you actually shooting anyone. It's sort of like, hey, you want to take this outside, but instead of actually fighting outside, you just argue about it and you're fine and you throw a punch or two. Oh, okay. But but still, but still, it is quite, I mean, that wasn't that long ago in history that it was yeah. like, yeah, should we shoot each other? A word about the duels, too. The theater has the, which is the Richard Rogers Theater in New York, has the rotating yes. stage. There's like the two rotating circles in the middle, which they use to incredible effect throughout the musical. Man. And there's the, a couple duel where someone's shot and they actually like do a slow motion yes. kind of falling back. And it looks incredible. Like also yeah. just choreography and props in general are amazing. I know. I looked up the choreographer because I thought maybe I need to reach out to him for see if we can snag him for Mott's would be oh, a big get. Probably too big for us, but no, no, no. I would think you should reach for I the stars. That'd be amazing. As far as the rotating stage, the it is used to such great effect throughout this. It's a it's I mean, it's not simple. I'm sure the mechanisms like actually handling when it and how it spins is probably a big feat. The way they utilize it in different areas. And just like at one point in time, everyone lifts up furniture and it's kind of frozen yes. during the hurricane song. And you have this feeling of like Quicksilver-esque frozen in time yes. as everything's getting blown around him. But the, the, the stage is used very effectively for, I think, the helpless slash satisfied back-to-back songs yes. that Liza and Angelica sing and kind of a reversal of time. Using that stage is one of the coolest moments for me. It really is. And, you know, the set doesn't really change for the whole musical. No. You know, you have a a staircase that moves, and you have them bringing, like, a desk and some chairs in and out periodically. But it is not, like, some elaborate stage. You know, like, Les Miserables, the whole second act has a massive barricade on the stage. Right. And there's there's lots of sets. You have like Jean Valjean's house with the gate and you have the under the sewers. Like this one, it's largely the same set the entire time. And right. you never like you don't miss any set pieces. Yeah. I don't look around and be like, man, I wish there was more scenery to look at. Yeah, not at all. Even like they do battle scenes. Like they talk about a battle of this and that. And mm-hmm. they just the lighting I will say is incredible. The timing, the lighting itself basically is a set piece. Like it changes how the stage feels so often. And there was one scene where you have Aaron Burr on one side and Alexander on the other side and they kind of have a different color for each. Mm -hmm. And like the stage is basically split in half and it just, it looks amazing. Like I love all of that. Really good. All right. So we we have to finish these characters because I need to talk about David Diggs, (laughs) who is Lafayette slash... Jefferson. Yes. Which took me a second in the second act because I was like, wait a minute. 
That's Who's Lafayette. That's a, yeah, that's the same guy. A yeah. lot of characters will play dual roles in the first and second act. So uh, Hercules Mulligan becomes James Madison. Right. The other guy <laughs> becomes his son. John Lawrence becomes Philip yes, Hamilton. Exactly. Which is uh, fun as well because there are some tie-ins between all of them. But right. I could listen to David Diggs rap at a pace that baffles me yes i could listen to it for a long time because when he gets to a almost like 30 seconds yes when it comes to his syllables it is so impressive i'm taking this horse by the reins wicked red coats weather with blood stains and i'm never gonna stop until i make a jump up and i'm up and scatter the remains i'm watch me engaging them escaping them and raising them out and his physicality as he's rapping and doing stuff on stage yes. is hilarious. Like he has a lot of comedic lines too. Yep. He always delivers them well. I will say his singing voice, especially when he's in harmony with some other characters, I feel like might not be the strongest, especially in the cast that he is in, but he was good. Well, his voice is so unique that it almost makes blending it in a, even with two or three others. Yeah, it still stands out. Like, him by himself, great. But yeah, you try to combine him with others, and it's like, it doesn't blend into one harmonious sound, because you just still hear his voice. Right. Now, two of my favorite voices are Angelica, played by Renee Elise Goldsberry, and George Washington, played by Chris Jackson. Mm. I found both of them to be super powerful, super on point. George Washington's final song is... Powerful. Yes. It is incredible. Yes. Very, very good. His kind of paternal role that he plays in it, kind of just wise throughout, is a breath of fresh air. Yes. Compared to some of the other characters. And you just want to be like, I want to be friends with you slash have you as my paternal figure he's great <laughs> right he was great how did you feel about eliza hamilton i think if we're going to talk negatives about um at some point in time in this movie i think that she is great i get no real chemistry between eliza and alexander hamilton right between lin-manuel miranda and philippa sue yep and i didn't I guess because it's a filming of a musical, I didn't need to feel like their acting was like, I didn't need it, I guess, in this. But it wasn't there, right? Did you did you sense any of that? Yeah, no, I agree, because I felt chemistry between Alexander Hamilton and Angelica, the sister. Right. And that was like this constant tension of like, you're writing letters to your sister-in-law right. of a romantic nature who is across the sea. And so like I felt their chemistry. And when they were together, like they have this one song where both sisters are basically holding Alexander's hands and they're both kind of right. vying for his attention. And I do like that moment because Eliza is talking about how much she loves her sister and how much of a you know, support she is and her sister's like longing for Alexander. Yeah. Maybe their relationship is supposed to be more platonic between Eliza and... That is true. Like maybe that was supposed to kind of show a little bit more of like they have a deep, a deep lifetime love and it does, it's not a like super chemistry filled one. Yeah. Maybe because Angelica also, there's this whole song about you'll never be satisfied. Right. Like you'll never be satisfied and I'll never be satisfied. It's like, oof. Yep. That's tough. 
Uh, just one more word on Philippa Sue too. Like the final, final moment of this musical uh-huh. is Philippa Sue like screaming, uh-huh. like kind of yelling in in terror, I guess. And then the lights go dark. What is that supposed to be? Oh, I don't think that's terror. I think that's meant to be like a surprise, elated surprise. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it too much pre-spoiler horn. Okay, all right. I'll tell you more afterwards. Okay, so let's rate it. I ra- <laughs> I think I rated first last time. So Nate, on a scale of zero to five bullets, mm. the thing that takes him out. What would you say? Um, I'm going to give this movie a four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a solid four as a movie. Now, as a musical, Hamilton, without a doubt, is top three musicals I've ever seen. Right. I love I love Wicked. I love Hamilton. Oh, man, I don't know what else I'd even put in my top three. Les Mis, Into the Woods. Les Mis is up there. Not Into the Woods. Not my cup of tea. Anyway, <laughs> I know I'm kind of a West Side Story fan. Oh, yeah, that's true. Anyway, it's definitely like rocketed up there. I mean, it might be my favorite musical ever, especially one that I've seen in person. So, recording it, it loses a little bit for me. Right. And as far as recommendations as a rating system, I can see that watching a recording of a musical might not be some people's cup of tea. Sure. Like, if you're expecting to see a movie, and you're like, wait a minute, this is just a, I'm watching a stage. Right. And me, who have seen three-plus-hour musicals in person, when I saw the runtime as two and a half hours, I was surprised at first. And then you, you had to remind me, BT Dubs, this is a musical. Right, right. When If you're paying for to go see a musical, if the musical ends up being three hours, you're like happy you got your money's worth. You're like, yes, I right. wanted it to keep going. Right. We, we have a different feeling usually when we watch movies of like, oh, if I watch, start watching it now, I'll be up to 1 a.m. I don't need this. Right, right. So I think that's why it drops it down to four for me. I got you. Well, for me, I'm going to give it a four and a half, 4.5. Not having seen the live musical, I don't have that to compare it and get like negatives. So for me, it was my first experience of Hamilton at all. You know, any of the music, any of the Mm. story, any of the acting, like it was my first experience. Man, I wish I could go back and like be in your shoes and hear the songs for the first time. You know, in a live theater, there's so many more factors of like acoustics and sound mixing and like how are the players doing tonight and all that kind of stuff. And so the one benefit you get is like this is the best it can be musically because it is pre-recorded, it's highly produced, but it was still in front of a live audience, so you still have some of the live aspect and like the mix that I watched it it sounded great like it sounds great right so for me i was i was really into it i was really able to enjoy it i felt like it was the best like musical filming that i've watched and right it's incredible i hope i still get to see it live one day uh, when we can (laughs) actually be around people again Yep, And I'll look forward to that too, but man, it was really good. So four and a half. I think it's also really cool. We have to say this, that a musical that is was in a lot of ways cost prohibitive for a lot of people to see. Right. It's very cool that it's on Disney Plus and that even if you wanted to you know, spend $8 or whatever and get Disney Plus for a month or whatever, right. people have the opportunity to see this. And I think that's really cool. 
I agree. And like of all musicals, this probably has the best chance of getting someone who's not into musicals yeah. excited about them and interested to maybe see more. And so, yeah, the fact that you can just stream it, so many other things, like that's pretty cool. Yep, absolutely. So my question is, did you ever see the Got Milk commercial where they ask who shot Alexander Hamilton in the famous duel, yada, yada, yada? No. And then the guy in the full body cast is like, Amber. No, I have n- I've never seen this. And now let's make that random call with today's $10,000 question. It's a tough one. Who shot Alexander Hamilton in that famous duel? Hello, for $10,000, who shot... Excuse me? You never saw the commercial? Okay, well, I'll send you a link to it and you can enjoy it after. But it was that one commercial I saw growing up that told me the ending of the story. Sure. But what what is it that you want to? I mean, I feel like we've we've spoiled some things. What is the big spoiler? No, I mean, like I don't think there are any big spoilers, but I think the movie moves into so Alexander Hamilton has an affair. This causes, you know, obviously a very sad, biting song, "Burn" by Liza. From the moment I read them, I knew you were mine. You said you were mine. I thought you were mine. There is his son goes to a duel and gets shot. And so his son dies, followed by him kind of, I think, mellowing out slash like turning to God in a lot of ways uh, later in his life. And then there is a beautiful like uh, it's quiet uptown song where there is forgiveness between Eliza and Alexander Hamilton. And that seeing a seeing an affair, seeing sort of the fallout from it, and then later forgiveness is not something you often see depicted in media. Right. And I thought that was a really cool moment. And it's quiet uptown. I never liked the quiet before. I take the children to church on Sunday. In the point in Act Two where Thomas Jefferson and Madison discover the financials that Alexander Hamilton's paying somebody off. Right. Then they approach him and he like totally, they didn't know about the affair at the time. He just totally offers that to prove that he was not embezzling. But then he goes on to write a public essay. Right. And like spreads it around town or like publishes it widely. Right. And I feel like that's a little, again, wholly motivated by him wanting to retain some credibility to the public whilst also completely alienating his wife. His wife, right. And I feel like maybe that wasn't the best choice. I I think you're right. I think it was not the best choice because I think it what it was was like him being so afraid that uh, Aaron Burr is going to use this information to like, blackmail him or to against him and that he only he sees the only way out of all of this is to be like completely open with the world and then yeah eliza talks about like you've basically you've posted all of these in order to save your own name and you're so obsessed with your own legacy you didn't think about what it would do to us if you just like put all the details just out there for the world yeah only to save your own credibility now i will say i did really feel when his son died that was an emotional moment 
Liza and Alexander at his side. Like that's that was that was tough. I'm not sorry for forgetting what you told me. We got to touch. I was aiming for the sky. I know. I know. I was aiming I know, for I know, the sky. I know. So I was trying to find parts of the soundtrack I wanted to listen to this morning. And there's just so many tracks. It's hard to find them, isn't it? It is. It's almost like... It is. Do I just play it top to bottom and let it roll? I feel like that's the only way to really... I think you got to play it top to bottom and then either star or some sort of note the ones that you would care to come back to later. Right. But I also like, I don't even know how the titles apply to the songs in the musical sometimes. Right. (laughs) Because there's not really... Yep. A melodic refrain with the same lyric over and over again, except for like not giving away my shot. Yep. And like King George is like da 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 like that. You'll be the back. most yeah. stuck in my head. Yeah. Okay, so you asked earlier what happens at the end when Eliza like. She talks about after Alexander Hamilton dies, we're after spoilers, so he gets shot by Aaron Burr, which I'm pretty sure in the very first song, Aaron Burr says, I'm the fool that shot him. Yeah, he says it in the opening, so it's not really... Yeah. She goes on and lives for like 50 years after Alexander Hamilton dies, if you look up Eliza Hamilton Schuyler, and starts the first private orphanage in New York and like does all, all these wonderful things. And then I think at the end, what we're supposed to... There are a couple interpretations of it, but Lin-Manuel Miranda has kept it kind of open to us, kind of figuring out what that final sort of gasp was. One was she writes down and wants other people to know his story. Right. She wants to honor him by making sure people don't forget him and know like what he went through. And one theory is that she is seeing the audience at the very end of the musical and breaking through the fourth wall and seeing that actually your story has been told because all of these people, you, the audience, are here watching the story. Uh, And like hmm. her message got out. Another one was that that was her dying and being reunited with uh alexander hamilton in heaven and it was a like hey we're back together again i have i've missed you for the 50 years i've still been alive after you died so that's another one is that just kind of it's a happy like i can't believe i get to see your face again i think she says something in the song about yeah i can't wait to see you again so wait so lin-manuel miranda saying it's up to interpretation yeah like whatever you feel like I think he's just like, I'm not going to tell you what I was, what my intention was. You can, because I think he ended up loving people's theories so much he didn't want to, like, nah, you were wrong. (laughs) Right, right. I feel like if it was the latter where that was her death scream, that if it wasn't a bad scream, like it was a joyful, she sees Alexander again, I would have communicated with. Alexander being next to her, mm-hmm. like, because it doesn't, it doesn't look right. uh, to me anyway, like her facial expression specifically. Now, I, I like former interpretation that like she sees the audience and that's how it ends. But then again, it doesn't seem to like communicate surprise and awe. Again, it's more like terrified. So I don't know. I oh, I have to watch it again. I d- I didn't get terrified from it, so I'll have to re-examine the emotion. I don't know, the way she screams, like, I would think there would be some kind of smile underneath whatever 
expression she's doing mm. either way, if she's seeing Alexander again or if she's realizing the story has been told. And I didn't get that. Seeing the face of God. Yeah, well, and again, I... That'll give you a little terrified. <laughs> Here's a throne room of heaven. Well, as you said that, I, Les Mis is such a massive thing in the back of my mind. Like, the death scene of Jean Valjean is like this beautiful whisking away and right. he... Like Fontaine comes and like the line is see the face of God as he dies or whatever. So I don't know. I, I was confused and like yeah. being the very last moment, I was like, eh? What? But but then that Hamilton mixtape, my shot comes in over the credits and you're like, Yep, oh, we're all we're back. We're good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about moral of the story. Ooh. Because I think this I think this musical has some things that it's either it's teaching you or it is implying or you can kind of take from his life what you want is there anything that you took away or felt like oh yeah this is here's the moral of the story i felt like the musical was riding the tension well of him being a workaholic and being so driven that he is sacrificing some of his family so much so that he left himself open to an affair and then actually did that right you know he chose not to go upstate with his family on vacation. And it was during that time that he had the affair. So right. I feel like it, the the musical is definitely telling us like that is a downside to Hamilton's persona and his drive. But it is also pulling on the other side of the tension that he instilled incredible financial structures in the country and that he helped America get on its feet from like a treasury bank finance standpoint and that he was actually a genius and like the country and the world did need his ideas and what he wrote and so it is valuable and even Eliza in her final song talks about how she's trying to understand all these words that he wrote and like she knows they're meaningful somehow and so they need to be out there and so I think it's writing this tension and I don't think it's saying he did well like overall because he right. did so many things to help the country and he was also evil because he didn't do well with his family. I think the musical is saying like he was flawed. He was very flawed, but he was also a genius and he was also trying. And yeah, like I think there's not a moral to say like do this and don't do that. It was just like this is the tension that happens when you're an especially right. driven and intelligent person. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it definitely shows that it uh, tension well. I think it also makes a point if you are pursuing your legacy for legacy's sake mm. for actually like what you want people to remember uh, you for i think there is a chasing chasing after the wind sort of mindset to it and i think the song uh you have no control who lives who dies who tells your story right and there's this idea of like you ultimately you aren't going to be the one who spins your life story in a way that's favorable to you. Right. And if you are just trying to control the narrative of how people will remember you, it won't ultimately go well for you. But like the fact that Eliza, you know, ends up being tells a lot of his story and that the fact that like the good things he did or the maybe the genius things he did were something that maybe he should have focused less on because they would have just come through no matter what from someone else. You know, even Jefferson would have. Right. There's the other juxtaposition, too, where George Washington, 
you know, Alexander Hamilton's trying to convince George Washington that he needs to defend himself and his character and his reputation from this general that's trying to say he's indecisive. And George Washington's like, listen, the history books will tell the tale. Right. Like, if I do what I know is right and best and there's a good outcome, like, I don't have to worry about this guy spewing whatever he's spewing. And so there's that tension, too. And history bore out. Like, George Washington was kind of right. Like... (laughs) History sees him as a largely uh, successful guy and a great general. I think in his farewell, and he also gives that little thing of like, I know that I have enough faults to know that I, whether I wanted to or not, have wronged some people in my life. Kind of like I am so aware of my own faults that like as he goes away, he's like, I have probably done something. And I ask that you like, please forgive me for right. if I have, you know, mistreated you in some way along the way. But his sort of, he's ready to sort of rest in the new country, whereas the opposite of Alexander Hamilton, who is nonstop. Right. There was that one scene where it talks about like, Jefferson wrote this many essays, like 15 or something, and so-and-so wrote 20, and then Hamilton wrote 55 essays in the span of like a couple of weeks. Right. It's like, wow, he really was like burning the candle at both ends. Absolutely. Who was your top three characters <sighs> in this musical? I'll give you my, I actually did top five. I was, I'll only ask you for three. But no, no, I'll do, I'll do top five, but I want you to go first because I need yeah. a moment. My top five, number one, I'll just go top to bottom. Burr was my favorite. His singing style, his big numbers, incredible. I loved him acting in it. He was, I don't know, he always had command of the stage. Uh, I loved seeing Aaron Burr in it. Second favorite, Thomas Jefferson, uh, who also played Lafayette in the first half, but he was just funny, witty. Again, his rapping, his physicality, just so enjoyable to watch, brought so much of the story. Love seeing Jefferson. Number three, actually Angelica. While she doesn't have a huge role compared to the other ones, like her singing voice is so powerful and it's so spot on. Mm. And again, like the chemistry between her and Hamilton is just so good. I, I felt the tension and the love triangle. I really like seeing Angelica. Number four, I'll put Alexander here. And for me, having seen it in this form first, it's hard for me to separate Lin-Manuel Miranda from Alexander Hamilton. right? And so I feel like knowing he wrote this thing, I want to shoot him up to the top of the list. But I feel like his his performance, while it was extremely good, and I actually don't feel like he was the strongest vocally of the cast. Right. And also, sometimes he felt a little out of his element in some of the rap, but he was also incredible. I mean, he's obviously the star of the show. So he's number four. And number five, King George. I mean, he was hilarious, and I would not want the show without him. Like, he was just so good. So, those are my five. Wonderful. I'm going to go number one, Aaron Burr as well. And again, I've seen two Aaron Burrs now, and Leslie Odom Jr. is amazing. Yes. So, I would say specifically him in this this role. Number two, I'm going to go Angelica. Yeah. As you said, like, her role in it, uh, her satisfied song, Coming After Helpless, the look on her face that's part pained while trying to force a smile at you know her sister's marriage to Alexander Hamilton is amazing. Number three, I'm going to go George Washington. I think Christopher Jackson in that role is just, he's exactly what that role needs. He is amazing in it. Um, then I will go Jefferson slash Lafayette together. 
and I will finish it up with Alexander Hamilton at number five. I think I think he's surrounded by so much talent and so much cool stuff. While yeah. like I enjoy him as the main character, he is definitely likable, and I am I ride the roller coaster with him. There are so many great singers, yes, uh, in this, and so many like physical presences around him that he doesn't actually need to be like the best character, right. I agree. And I totally spaced on George Washington, so I need to shove him in somewhere between mm. three and four. So he's he's in there. If I have to boot out King George, that's fine. I'll trade one George for another. But yeah, I do think, you know, when you have the physicality, timing, and comedic delivery of Jefferson, Hamilton seems to pale in comparison to that. And when you have the vocal ability of Aaron Burr and Angelica, same. Right. Like Alexander Hamilton right. seems to fall second to that too. But he also is a great compliment to all those characters. Like, yes. I don't, I don't want to take away his performance because he's the one interacting with all these people. Right. And his interactions with Aaron Burr are amazing. And I love seeing Alexander in those cabinet debates and he's like debating Jefferson and yep. his interactions with Washington, I think are really good. I think he does like the real acting, you know, and, and right. Yeah, vocal ability, comedic, whatever. He does. He does a lot of. He does a lot of hard work in there, so that the others right. can kind of shine around him. Right. Exactly. And maybe that was intentional. You know, like maybe writing it that way. But, but man, what a musical! I'm excited for you, Stephen, to listen to this soundtrack more because I think this soundtrack, Lin Manuel Miranda's mind is just so so impressive the, the way these lyrics are weaved together woven together i don't know i can't even he can write whole raps and i cannot even choose which verb to use there there's so many words in this musical like the the great thing is you will find a bunch of like fun lyrical nuggets as you listen to it again yes and i want to basically tell our listeners if you haven't listened to the hamilton mixtape it's a great side piece that kind of comes uh together with the musical it has some language in it uh so parental caution there but they bring in queen latifah busta rhymes yeah. uh, regina specter ben folds kelly clarkson, Alicia Keys, kelly clarkson jimmy fallon does the you'll be back usher oh. is in there doing wait for it yes and i just have to say the Jimmy Fallon King George, I, I think that's his actual voice. I think that's him singing the whole song. Yeah. He sounds yeah. pretty good. I know. I know. He sounds really very good. good. There's also Chance the Rapper, John Legend, Wiz Khalifa. I love the the voice of, oh, what's his name? Aloe Black. Oh, yes. And Wrote My Way Out. Yes. He has such a great voice. But if you don't want to listen to the whole mixtape, I would recommend the second track, My Shot featuring Busta Rhymes, which is yes. very good. Amazing. Uh, there are 20,520 words in the musical Hamilton. Man. 20,520 words. It is word dense. Listeners, I hope you saw this, and I would love to hear what you thought. So would Nate. We would both love to hear what you thought. Yes. Go to Instagram, at Movies on the Side, and comment, how did you feel about Hamilton the Musical? Did you get to see it live? We'd love to hear all that. So comment there, at Movies on the Side, and listen. As we always say, history has its eye on you.